Adventures. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. And I'm Katie. And today we are looking at the Spike Lee Netflix original film, The Five Bloods. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What are we drinking this episode? I'm drinking Four Roses Small Batch Select, not to be confused with the regular small batch in my shovel town Mm. brewery glass, Mm. which I won because Brian and Aileen and I just walked in there one night and just whooped up on everyone playing Yes, uh, as Smokey and the Bandit. We played Quizzo two weeks ago. We went mm-hmm. uh, small crowd. We came in second. We lost by one point mm-hmm. to a team that was cheating, by the way, because they have to do it via phone now. But you're only supposed to have one person on yeah. and it's, it's supposed to. But they were feverishly typing oh, in boo, one point. Boo, people losers. Grab Quizzo. a shovel, boo. build a brewery. That's right. I they like got that. a new logo, by the way. A super oh, cool they? new logo. Is it yeah, like a poop it's, shovel. Like it's a, in the five well, months, like a little poop. Like that's the, a, that's not called a poop shovel. That's not. I'm pretty sure it is. Dora has a song about it, about digging the hole. I did. Uh, I did hole. watch Dora the Explorer <gasps> with Claire per your recommendation. And, yes. And I wish that we had done that film instead of the five bloods. <laughs> okay. Week. Yeah. yeah. It is so good. We should it add it. Great, Why it, don't it we is, add that to the fan movie. choice and have Claire on the show? Yeah, <laughs> we could have the kid. We could have, we could start doing like a kid version, like you know, NBC News has think, Lester Holt, and they do the kid yeah. version. I think we should. They would do that. Um, but Jim, I'm glad you're not drinking crappy pre-made cocktails this week, like last week. Oh no, yeah, it's it's not bad. <laughs> okay. Katie did some very brief research Ooh. about Vietnamese cocktails, and I didn't have any of the ingredients, but they said <laughs> many of them sure. are characterized by a lot of sugar and citrus. And so I'm having a delicious lemon-inspired sweet beverage. Right. It puts somebody into diabetic shock, it looks oh, yeah. like. Just the look, at the, the look of it. Um, powerful. That is powerful. I love it. Um... I am drinking Battery Steel uh, Brewing Company's Flume Double IPA. Oh, I like is, the black and white. Which is a brewery out of Portland, Maine. And as we've talked about, when COVID is gone, we're going to do a special Com Majors yes. brewery tour mm-hmm. of Portland, Maine. God, yes. And yep, you yep, two yep, yep. could come for a very small um, fee. You know, we tried our... Our original plan was to raise funds to go to the Caddyshack Fest and then fell up, didn't work. So this is our next next attempt. Yeah, we'll see how Uh, it goes. Okay, fact fact from last week. uh, Jimmy Costanzo inspired me Mm -hmm. to go to the movie theater. Oh, my gosh. And I, in fact, went to a movie theater and saw Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Wow. And it was fantastic. Of course. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was apprehensive yes. last week. I joked saying text and write alien. She wasn't the one. I was apprehensive to go until I came to the realization that there will be more people in my small classroom yes. than were in an IMAX theater that could sit 500 people. True story. Uh, when I was there. So Craig Goldberg and I went and saw the movie. <gasps> there was, there was only 10 people in the IMAX theater. Did you sit uh, six seats apart? No, we did sit. I, I do. I have to give a lot of credit if people want to go to theaters. Um, when you buy tickets, once you buy a ticket, at least in Showcase, which is where I go, they're immediately blocking off the two seats on the sides of you. Very nice. Um, Very nice. Also in Massachusetts, no food is allowed. I know in other states they're allowing concessions. So you must wear your mask the whole time and there's no sale of food. Everything is wireless and then after the show they come around with those static uh sprayer things mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, they've been using mm-hmm. also i picked the first screening of the day mm-hmm. so it had well been done. 12 hours Clean since air. anybody had been in the man theater. i uh i was just listening to my little daily dose of news from npr and they were talking about how hard hit the entertainment industry is right now it is bad stuff well tenant made 20 million dollars in the u.s which would be horrific under normal standards right this is a Mm -hmm. film that would have been maybe 75 million 100 million dollar opening weekend uh it it did make almost 200 million in foreign markets which are more open at this well it's going to change how films are judged with regards to money going forward it's not yes 
opening weekend is not going to be a big thing maybe ever again. And um, are, are the movie not... theaters going to survive this? I mean, like financially, how can that sort of a viewing well, bring yeah, any that's, kind of revenue? But that's a good question. And it's already actually not to go full geeky movie thing here. There was a there was a law for a long time, which was an antitrust law. I believe it was called like the Paramount Law, which back mm -hmm. when movies started, the studios owned the theaters. Yeah. So they could screen the films there and the studios made money as a direct result of that. That was made illegal because they would only screen their studios films. Now that law has been struck down. So Netflix has been buying theaters. I think Amazon's going to buy. So I think it's going to turn into that okay. large independent chains like AMC and stuff like that. I don't know. I yeah. mean, showcase has basically told me if I go see three movies, they're going to give me a free movie. Yeah. So they're like, if you come to two more, you can come an another time for free. The folks that have worked in theaters uh, in our lives have said that the cost that the, the movie theater has to pay to the studios for the movie itself. Yeah. Um, they they almost make no money on the actual tickets. And that's why the concessions are so expensive. Right. Yes. But that's where they make their money. So now it's if they're like not, if they can't have concessions. Are yeah. they actually yeah. making any money? I don't know. I, I can't imagine they are. Like, again, when we showed up, 10 people, and this was, you know, for arguably what was considered the biggest movie of the year. Yeah. You know, coming yeah. into 2020. And you know what's funny is, like, I know there's a lot of independent, um, like, music venues are, are crippled because they can't have anybody in, right? Like, yeah. they're, they're trying these shows where, like, they only allow, you know, a 5% of the audience in and they're all distance and they're not allowed to sing and they're not allowed oh, to God, do this and awful. that. Um, but I don't, I don't think that a, like the folks that the folks that go to live music shows are more likely to come back when things calm down, I think, than theater goers. True. I, I think you'll get, fewer theaters at maybe higher prices. Yeah. Um, but there'll be people like Tim from pop addled yeah. myself, Jimmy Costanzo who will go at, I mean, I would have paid, uh, you know, not like Broadway show rates to go see a movie, but you know, if tenant was $50 in the theater, I would for tenant. I would pay fifty and paid fifty dollars right, to but, see it. Yeah, I mean we're we're going to be. But would you pay fifty dollars to see Lady Bird? No, so like, and that's that's my women. point. See, yeah. yeah, no. So that's my point. So I think it's gonna. That's why I think studios owning these things are going to influence that. Um, they're changing it, so we'll yeah. see. But it was enjoyable. I enjoy. Um, I do like that the driving concerts are happening. Brett Buckridge just reminded us yep. we are going to one. I'm so excited. So oh, one of the I local theaters, because they can't have anybody into the theater mm. playhouse, uh, okay. they have started doing outdoor concerts and you get a parking spot on the lawn and then you get a fun spot next to your car. So you bring your chairs and you sit your little space up next to your car and you're socially distanced from the next car. You pay for your car load of people. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. You can pre-order your food and beverages. I can't and wait. Brett in the chat says that the Avid brothers are doing it. So I need to find out no, where, Brian that, go to that. where that's happening. Um, so we have done a run here of 80s movies. We're taking a little break from 80s mm -hmm. movies. Of course, Back to the Future was our last one, but we've done Clue, Buckaroo yep. Banza. We've done so many, Caddyshack in the last mm -hmm. few months. Uh, but the people love the 80s, mm -hmm. um, as is evident at the fact that a, a show called Cobra Kai, which is a spinoff of Karate Kid from 1985, is the number one trending show on Netflix. So just mm -hmm. we're tapped into that. Um, it's supposed to be a very good show from what I've heard. Great yeah. The trailer looks amazing. Yes. It basically flips. It's a, it's a YouTube production. I mm -hmm. think it was originally YouTube. One of those YouTube premiere. I don't even red. know. Are they still even doing that? YouTube red. Is that yeah, defunct I so. now? I don't know. Um, but that's there. So check that out. And then finally, remember um, by the time you're listening to this for our, our usual pod listeners, uh, we will be only days away from the Kyle Mills, Vince Flynn, Mitch Rapp, 
book extravaganza Friday, September 18th. Remember, register for free. All right. Uh, Pre-order your book. If you order your book, remember you get not only an autograph, you get a picture special edition, special edition Christmas card, Mm. free lifetime subscription to Commatures. And something else. Right. I'm sure there'll be something. Yeah. Yeah, I will not. And the book. You get the book. You get to read the the book. book. Yeah. You get to read the book. And remember, if you are not well versed, like Katie, who last week didn't know who the author, the Mm -hmm. character, the creator of the series, you can listen to the No Limits a Mitrab podcast, which thriller fans are loving. They've Mm -hmm. been on for I think they're 20 something episodes. Mm -hmm. They gave us a very nice shout out in their most recent episode. So uh, they also told a fantastic story, which immediately uh, endeared them to me about them going and eating like 200 wings in college, Mm -hmm. which I felt like we would have been down for. Yeah, there are kind of people. Yeah, there are mm-hmm. kind of people. Yeah. So I've also been using them as researchers. They have did a fantastic interview with Kyle Mills several oh. weeks ago. Oh, very good. Um, all right. So that is fact check mm-hmm. time for the rundown. Jim's cheating and trying to read the rundown ahead of time. It's rude. Uh, you have to you have to react in real time to okay. my mistakes. Mm-hmm. Well, since you write it in real time, that's usually not too difficult. You can't know about them ahead of time. I wrote this earlier tonight, Brian. All right, it's even typed. What? Four Vietnam vets set a path to return to the land that united them as brothers and unearth two things. Number one. Their fifth brother, or blood, Storm and Norman, whose body was left behind after being killed in action. And number two, the massive treasure of gold bars that the men discovered during their time as soldiers. They know that to accomplish this task, they will need a metal detector, government paperwork, connections to illegal exporters, and an adept guide. They don't know that they will also need a pack mule, a mine detector, massive firepower, and trust in each other in order to get out of Vietnam alive. Mm-hmm. All right. That was better written than this film. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This film. <sighs> I, I, I got to say it right now. Such a lot. 113 episodes. I have never been more disappointed. Yes. yes. That's a good a word. Film That's a good word. That we have done because right off the I'm bat, I can't angry. say this. I, I can't. I can't say that it's the worst film we've ever done. Because no, no. we've, we've done from Justin to Kelly. We've horrible. done like oh, this uh, is easily the most disappointed i've i've it literally might be the most disappointed i've been in a movie just in general in a decade i think jim explained it very well uh would you like to say your your yeah i said i said it is like um it's really disappointing because there there are some really good ideas and there's a there could be a good story here. There is. Like there's there a bones is a good story there's a there. bones of like something that could really work here. Yep. And some of it's lazy. Like even in Katie's rundown, like the fact that they named one of the characters Storm and Norman. For anybody who's over the age of 40, that that is the name that's the military name of a real guy. Like from from the Gulf War, like I it just there are so many confused moments in that in this movie like that where they literally take the line from it took bunks. blazing saddles oh. that is taken from yes. I get was it uh the wild bunch we don't need no stinking yeah. badges I, I th- yeah, uh, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, so. yeah like I don't know what or is that from I forget what movie that they from. took bunks reaction from the wire Sierra and Madre just put it mm-hmm. into this movie. Yeah, oh she, no not bunk please I'm sorry not bunk Clay Davis sorry. Clay Davis thank the, you the, the, and they used that the that actor that like... plays Clay Davis in the wire had this thing where he would go shit all the time. And it was like iconic for that character in that show. They literally have him like, I first off, if I'm him, I absolutely refuse. But but again, I can't believe he did it. Then I remembered that Spike, this is Spike Lee. Right. So like Spike Lee tells you to do something. There are so many moments in this movie where I got pissed off about 
stupid stuff like that. It is so a was shame. It, uh, was it? Does Spike Lee write most He's of his credited. scripts? He basically this, is allowed to do whatever he wants. No, I know, but like, what, does he write most of his scripts? Uh, he works on. I think like any of these big directors, right? They get writing credits. How much of it do they write? Is I think up for debate. At I don't know. Place. I mean, I was reading some articles that were giving him a lot of credit for the writing of this movie. Mm. And well, I was wondering if that was something. part of the problem. This is what happens when you take and team up the writers of Black Klansmen mm-hmm. with the writers of, you want to guess? The writers of a Majors movie that we have done. I'll give you each one quick guess. Mm. If I had to tell you, pick any Majors movie we've done, it's the writing team for that teaming up with the Black Klansmen. Okay, take okay. a guess. Okay, Who would you hire for this? All right. So John Wick. <laughs> no, would have made more sense though, right? Yeah, right? maybe, maybe we'd have, have gotten some good action right. sequences. Not, not John Wick. Um, Jim, guess one. Um, gym. Oh Christ! Is it one of the Marvel movies? No, it was the writing team behind The Rocketeer. Yeah. No. Yes. What that else have they sense, done? Actually, which when you think now it starts to make sense. It sure does. Who sits in a room and says, "Let's get the guys who gave us the yeah. early '90s weird pop comicy Rocketeer, team it up with the writers of Black Klansmen, and make a movie." And so, that oh, is this God. film in a nutshell. Yeah. What is this movie? It's this such movie. A shame is I watched 20 minutes of this movie Mm -hmm. and it was like the 20 minutes I remember sitting in the theater and watching Indiana Jones in the crystal skull. Yes. I'm like, I'm like, is this a joke? Did he just get in the fridge? Yeah. Like is, is this like this acting and writing this bad? Like this has to be like a dream sequence or something's got to be going on here because the people involved in this are way too talented. Yep. To let something like this well, happen. Yep. Well, yeah. And and so, like, the, we should say that this movie sort of takes place in technically two timelines. One is present day where these guys are going back to Vietnam. And the other is seemingly flashbacks to actual uh, being in Vietnam during the Vietnam War. That piece does play, like, a dream and a recollection rather than reality. Agreed. And I think that's purposeful. And I think some of the cinematography and the stuff they do with the camera in that is pretty cool. Um, So they, they blur the lines there, right? Because you have a character who's also taking video and, and photograph, right? And when he takes images, it, it uses the same filter, which gets a little bit confusing. It's so confusing because he seems to be carrying, what would appear to be like a 16 millimeter a super old super video camera eight, no it would look like super 8 film or something yeah, yeah, yeah. it does yeah. not look like video at all right 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 which is really strange because he would never be doing that in present day right um but then you have our same actors in the scenes that would seem to be flashbacks which again so no aging at the end we see them cg Unaged youth, right, right. euthanized. No, really de-aged. bad, really bad de aging. Right, way. but but so one of my questions was like, okay, so what's there's a choice here to not use younger actors to represent them, right? Mm-hmm. To keep it just them, um, to not CG the the old, you know, footage, and to just have it be them set back into these scenes, which. I, I guess is to most is to make us think it's their it's their recollection right where they're they're putting their current selves right but they're also in. it is also very um like Brian we were talking about like watching those scenes like and and my my problem with this movie doesn't revolve around those kinds of choices because it, those me, are stylistic yeah, choices which sure. I can you, they can go with yeah I, I, so go with it because I that part didn't bother me either that's no my choice. Pro, yeah and so like they they pull that off pretty well because the when you're back in the Vietnam War the way things sort of play out and the way things happen do seem like someone telling a story they very much look like 
some of those old like ram it, it's hyper realistic it's, right it's i mean it's realistic is... and it's also there's like the de- there's no details so it doesn't look real well and, and there's and from just quickly from a historic perspective there's not a group of five guys walking around the jungle by in themselves. Vietnam by themselves. Yep. Right, right, right. Like that that's not so I agree. I Well, they were on part, some kind of mission, right? With even, the helicopter. But, but that but that even starts to is, get into my problem with the film is that there are certain things in this movie that are complete happenstance. Oh my god. That, wait, 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 wait. No, I know that you just make, reminded me of one. that make no goddamn sense. Ugh. Yep. Yep. And and they don't do anything to set them up. Yep. And then there are other things that are that they do set up that are complete happenstance that are not important to the story at all. Yeah. And so, like, why do you write some of this in and why do you leave some of it out? And, like, it seems like an it does. It seems like five different people wrote the script at yep. the same time yep. and they just kind of smashed it together. They didn't, like... And then they never finished editing it. Like it, it felt like a movie that hadn't been finished. Yeah, it's really weird. It's really weird. The, there's there's a group of well, there, there's a French woman and yeah, an American is, uh, guy and and they're I don't know what was he you got Eastern like European. Fake, yeah, like fake Josh Gad. You got a French. Oh no woman. no, that's not fake Josh Gad, dude. That's what's his name, and he's incredible in Black Klansman and. And he's in a I bunch know, but, of stuff, but I know. But in this, it's just like he, he doesn't does, need to be. That whole group of people does not need to be in this movie. Th- this is literally to me the equivalent. If I was like talking about like a film school, and somebody was like, "Your Jim take on it is absolutely right. five people." All right, um, Tommy, what do you want to do? I want to do a homage to apocalypse now mm-hmm. okay you go write that part uh make Jake, sure what you, you want to bar do? that uh, well i want to do something like spike lee did in black klansman or do the right thing with the guy talking to the camera and it's yeah. going to be about social issues okay uh rick what do you want to do i want to make a movie about a heist all right these guys found gold and it's great and okay uh you go write that sally what do you want to do i want to write this like dark piece about PTSD and the effect that war had on people and the relationships with their children and all these. Okay, you do it. All right. We're all in the group. So we have to write this screenplay and the movie's got to be done at the end of the semester. Go. Yeah. You're right. It's like, what the hell? Like maybe any of those four ideas actually done by Spike Lee would have been really good. Yeah. But when you put the four of them together, it's just pure insanity. So nothing I, is right. serviced. The, I mean, it's that problem that we've talked about of of trying to do too much. And when we compare it to Black Klansmen and do the right thing, you know, at, at their base, those are pretty simple like plot lines, right? And because it's a simple plot structure, you're able to do a lot more with it. But the plot here is not super complex. But they, they make it yes, such. Yes, yes. <laughs> it shouldn't be they as complex it. as yes. it is. And yeah. so, like, that's the problem is, like, if you if you plot, if you literally took the story from this and put, in, put it in, like, outline form, there's a really good story. And you can make it... The problem, the problem for me is, like, it doesn't emotionally connect at all, except maybe Delroy Lindo in like that third act where he really takes control of the movie. And it's literally the only part of the movie, I think, that rises above like and becomes something that is like worth watching. Well, I think that there's a problem with the characters. And I was trying to think about there's something that always feels like stiff and inauthentic about them. And I was I was wondering whether it was purposeful thinking about how what happens in times of war, especially in a draft where you have, you know, people who never volunteered for service mixed together with folks that did volunteer for service. Um, And there's a necessary bond, right? Like you, you, you have to you have to find a way to connect with these people in order to survive no matter where you're from what your political beliefs are what your ethical like you you, for survival 
you have to connect with this group of people. And there's really no other structure where that's the case. And so I was wondering if there was something there with how even just the way that these guys overused bloods, like calling each other blood, the bloods, it felt so clumsy. It like it like some of them when they would say it, I was like, that's it doesn't sound like the way they would speak. They don't they don't they, they didn't sound like they were used to saying it. No, it sound it, this sounds right. forced. This sounds like something that s- somebody told them to say. And that's okay cuz I I do think there's part of part of that that is sort of like if and maybe it's just cuz the story didn't give us how much time they had spent together after the war between now and then. But, like, there is, to me, there's, like, that idea of, like, a reunion where you can revert, sort of like the group yes. point blank yes. moment where, like, when you're back in the room with those people, you, you're you now not yourself anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I but was he doesn't do that. that. Like, it doesn't uh, yeah. come through. Agree- agreed. I, again, these are all the thoughts I was having to try to explain the disconnect I was having with the characters of, yeah. of trying to think through what was purposeful and what wasn't. But the... The fact is, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. If you don't connect with the characters, then it doesn't really matter whether it was purposeful or not. There's not a character in this entire movie I care about. I, I, I'm just being honest. There, there, I, none of the, the Delroy Lindo stuff, by the point where it was, it was pretty good at the end, I just didn't care about his character. Yeah. And it felt like a second-rate version of something that Spike Lee would do. It felt like somebody trying to do Spike Lee at that point, as opposed to Spike Lee doing Spike Lee. And it was just intermixed with such weird choices, like of all these like storylines over there. Let's see if this one sticks. Let's see if this one sticks. And and why should I care for these people? You know, because there's nothing. Are they there to find the body? Or are they there for the gold? Well, that's a great they, question because they didn't know what, when they dug up the gold. So you go <laughs> again. The, if this, I, I would love to get a get my hands on like the final script to see like what that looked like because the, they get to Vietnam and Paul's son shows up and they have somewhat of a little argument about like if he's coming and he's going to do some work, does he get a full share? Does he get a share? Blah, blah, blah. So it sounds like they've talked about this and they've planned it out. Then they find the gold. How do they find it? Metal detector. No. No, GPS. he's, taking a, he's no. taking a dump. Oh, yeah, right, right. He digs Guy's it up. taking a dump I mean, and he's trying to shovel planning, up his poop. Yeah, yeah. Literally, the sun sticks one shovel into the ground. No metal detector. No map involved. Puts his shovel in the ground to take yeah. a poop and is like, oh, there's a gold bar yeah. right here. 40 years later, yeah, just sitting bad. right at the top so of the dirt. But it, it, it what's the problem for me is that whole point. It, I think the gold heist part of it but, bothered me because I, 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 it, it's so poorly done. It is the equivalent that the heist like element of, oh, Jean Renault's this French guy who's he's going to sell him out like Honestly, this is like a goddamn awful HBO made movie from the 90s that was on at two o'clock in the morning that nobody that that part of this film is literally that bad. It is. It is. I I, I just I don't get the even the need for it. No, I choices at the time. This is a two and a half hour movie. I was like clawing my eyes out. Yes. I think that the the part of the story I will that finish this. is the, oh, I will finish still, what I was talking okay, about. Finish. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah. So the the idea that they have planned out what they're doing with the gold. The moment they dig up the gold, they start having a conversation about what Norman wanted them to do with the gold as if that was decided prior to them getting there and now everyone's like, "No, I'm taking my share and I'm going to do my thing." Like what what is happening? Like what? What did they talk about prior? Why would they divvy it up into shares if they were going to do the normal thing? Give it to everybody, right? Yeah, I, I I completely agree. I 
I think there's no reason for the gold to be involved. I think this movie would have been so much better if it was them deciding to go back to Vietnam mm-hmm. and get their friend and and bring him home to his family and, and just deal- go with the authentic experience. If you leave that, if you do that and you have the the PTSD thing with with Paul and bring his son along. There's an awesome this movie is there. This is an important movie. It is a heartfelt movie. Like you tell that story, you know, the 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 piece that of the inspiration of this movie which is that, you know, the stories of Vietnam are largely whitewashed. 32% of the soldiers were black in depictions of the the film, the media of Vietnam. You rarely see a black soldier. There is there is a story to be told here of the misrepresentation, the underrepresentation of soldiers of color who again were asked to fight for a country that was not standing up for them in any kind of a way. There's a story here. The gold becomes so distracting and clunky to our characters and to yeah. our audience that it ruins this movie. But here's the thing. Like Spike Lee does that a lot, right? And and that's okay. Like I I I do appreciate that he feels responsible for telling certain stories that he believes are underrepresented in things like black Klansmen and even in like, um, even in do the right thing, the characters are sort of unaware of that story mm-hmm. in this. Oh my God. They are just spouting out they, random yeah. facts that, and at some points it's like, that's the only reason the sun is there to like, receive these nuggets of wisdom from the other characters and it's like he could have just done the spike lee thing of cutting in and doing his thing and that and and telling that story alongside of what's happening with the characters to give it like some context without the characters saying the fucking words yeah it was i thought it was so clunky how oh, yeah. he did it in this movie Every, like, I, it like, felt clunky. like crazy but with the those drop-ins like if you look at do the right thing and you look at black Klansman, where he did it a little bit it, there was he was so i don't want to say subtle but, but it was so smooth it worked in the story this was like something where you're having a freshman in high school write a story and you like katie's grading it and the things they're alluding to are so over the, like you can be more subtle than that. You you can have a character like give us information in a way that makes more sense than this. It's right. They're like, I'm going to read this thing. Now there was a point where like, I literally felt a fifth grader wrote this line when their guide who somehow is also trained in using firearms yeah. and all this stuff. He goes, Oh, this is like your uncle George. Right. Oh, George Washington isn't my uncle. He owned 132 slaves. Yeah. Like, How do you say like, touche? Yeah. Like, I'm like, come on, man. You're yeah. better than that. No, make agreed. a movie, make a Vietnam movie about African-Americans. Yes. And you can even have flash forwards and flashbacks and and do those types of things. And Don't I, well, give and me I, a heist movie in the middle of it, which is like a grade Z heist movie that nobody cares about. Yeah, like I, I pictured this, like the gold part is being secondary to getting their, you know, getting their buddies bought that remains right i thought that was that had a very like stephen king like um stand by me kind of yeah, feel to I it i thought of stand by me as well a little bit and with it the the great part of stand by me is that you have these four characters traveling together with like this this ominous thing coming up right like you know they're going to these kids are just like heard that there's a body washed ashore and they want to go look or they heard that he got hit by a train and they want to go look at it yeah. um, and they're traveling for like a full day and night you know on their own and you know that like ominous moment of something that, that is going to like affect each one of them differently is, is going to happen it's going to come at some point during this film or in this story and you you could have had the same thing here but it, the, the everything just like it's like we get to that like n- more 
less than halfway through the movie and then you you get this like defend the ancient temple moment oh and it's just God. like I, it took it's I like think... every moment he could have like emotionally connected yes. to the audience they put they something not in, in the way well again in in terms of you know what what we would imagine had happened prior to this event uh, which is 40 years in the making right where they've been waiting all that time to come back it seems 50 like years. 50 years well, they were like no problem years. we're going to be able to navigate the jungle like we know that so well by the way right no map they didn't really go needed. back the same way they that's fine what, just let us off here no, no. we've got this no offense and this is these guys are the same age as my dad who was in vietnam mm -hmm. right right my father a vietnam vet is not at his age and he's actually younger than these guys were supposed mm -hmm. to be there because these guys were supposed to be there in the late there is no way my father at 70 years old is going through the vietnamese jungle no looking for hidden gold no. it is 100 percent not happening yeah. it was not ne necessary for this movie uh the, i don't know this movie drove me off a freaking yep. wall when they 90 minutes into the movie find the body of chadwick boseman who i love who is criminally underused in this movie um and then it's just like, oh, we love you, blood. We love you, but what? This is supposed to be like the emotional piece of right. it. And the payoff is supposed to be that Delroy Lindo's character shot him by accident yeah. when they were trying to. I didn't care. Yeah. I wanted every one of them to die. <laughs> I was like, I don't care if they die. They're dying. I don't care. I don't care about the sun. I don't know why the sun's here. I, the only people I wanted out there were the poor people that were trying to get mines out of the way. So the well, being, the, so that's the, where the I was going to say and, what again, what didn't make any sense to me was the over preparation contrasted with the lack of preparation the understanding contrasted with the lack of understanding. And so here we have an underrepresented group, an oppressed group who goes into a country that was literally torn apart by a war that was very much orchestrated by the United States. And they think that they can just like walk about town, gallivanting, having fun in the bars. Like there's not going to be a single problem with anybody who lives there. Like, surprise, surprise, these people have some feelings about well, that, American that, soldiers. That that actually rings pretty true. You think so? To how that they to would have Americans I, showing up in I, Vietnam and maybe not acting appropriately? Uh, it, at the time, do you think that now looking back? So, yes, as 19 year olds, 18 year olds, absolutely. But do you think as grandfathers? Well, they we already know that back, Paul was a Trump supporter, so. <laughs> I just, I felt I mean, like that part, like, come on, that, that's another example. Even the just piece, like, that with him on the boat and the guy with the chicken. So his son has shown up and said, you know, he has, I actually thought that reaction nights. was pretty well done. The reaction was fine. It, they belabored it. They belabored it. Because it ran, that scene these, ran 35 it, to 40 seconds. These guys way too know, long. they know he's going to snap on somebody. Yeah, yeah. They know that his son showed up partially because of that yeah. and they're just letting him well, have that, his... yeah but i can we talk about the sun because oh, i have a God. that character that character i might have a bigger issue with than any character in the film because as we see him he's set up as like this i'm gonna be this vindictive guy yes. like you're giving me my share get... i'm here yep. to ruin but yep. that, then then literally the next scene he's in he's like oh he's the good guy i'm yep. just there to win my dad's I love teach underprivileged children what? And really, like, I'm just looking for true where love. Where is this yeah. coming from? No, you're right. Yeah, it was ridiculous. I, I, well, that's uh, that. The characters are not consistent either. So, like, no. where are you going? I need. I need something. She's leaving. I almost. The, I was going to walk out of this Katie episode if either of you liked the, like this. The movie. other. The other issue that I have, um, and I'm hoping Katie's listening, is that there's like this undercurrent that we're supposed to feel like they shouldn't quite trust each other about Why? the gold 
and there's no indication at all why they wouldn't. And so then they start acting like they don't trust each other, but there's no there's no reason and then they just get over it. Like it, it, it there's so many little moments in this film that were the, like, oh, if we do this now, then the audience is going to feel this about them and then we can kind of like like that's how I, people are supposed to feel in a heist movie. You're supposed to the the characters are supposed to maybe not trust each other at some point during a heist movie. So that's what we're going to do now. But I don't understand. The thing I didn't understand is this, and this is not being ageist. Just knowing people are parents age who these these guys are, are they that overly? Oh, we're going to become so rich. At, is I don't know many people that age who who are like, I need to get all this gold so I can do all this. I, I felt like this was a movie. If these guys were like 40 years old, if you set this movie in like the 90s. And they were like 20 years removed from it. Yeah. Like maybe then it makes sense. Like none of the timing of this yeah. stuff makes sense. Agreed. I thought that I thought the 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 representation of the Vietnamese in this movie was not great. No. If I'm if I'm going to be fair, which is really, really interesting. Yep. If you want to talk about making a film uh, about. Uh, African-Americans being exploited or under care. His handling of the Vietnamese, in my opinion, was not very good, was not. I I don't think the characterizations of some of them were there, but I I, am at a loss of what the thought process is here, because I feel like this was probably important to him to tell the story like we saw in Black Klansman of a police officer caught in the midst of the civil rights movement and all these to tell that story with the Klan and the and the idea of duty that John David Washington played in that character. And I look at that character in Black Klansman or I look at Mookie in Do the Right Thing and I ask myself, where is that character in this film? No, there's not there. And it's not. And that's the most disappointing thing, because when I see the cast, when I saw the trailer, he died. Right. Like, so he's Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. And that is the moral compass of this movie. Yeah. But you don't see it enough. Well, again, Uh, like his scenes don't do it. Sorry. Well, and again, it's not him. Right. It's it's their retelling of what he did of who he is. Right. Exactly. Like a a demigod. Right. Not a human. Right. But and that, that could have been what? Why? That could have been we such, see that makes us believe that, that could he have is been, a demigod. That could have been such a good part of this movie as well. Like the theme of like putting someone on a pedestal that, you know, for whatever reason, they live their lives after the fact, according to his moral compass. Right. Or they tried to. They thought they should, whether they did or not. They, But them dealing with that could have been a whole part of yeah, the story. You're right. Yeah. Now, I, I do wonder, uh, Chadwick Boseman, who I love as we you know talked yeah. to, passed away. Um, this is one of his last films. Yeah. And you can tell physically. And actually, Clark Peters from The Wire. Yeah. Um, I saw this. He, he, he said a whole thing about this. He goes, I feel terrible. I was so excited to meet Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther. He was on the set. And he said, you know, I called home to my wife and was like, this guy's a prima donna. He's getting massaged in between scenes. It's because he was stage four cancer. Yeah. But he, but Chadwick Boseman didn't tell anybody this, right, right. which is, I, I mean, amazing itself. I wonder if there was supposed to be more there. I mean, he looks gaunt. He, but he is supposed to be the moral character here. And I don't fault him. I actually think he's the only part of this movie that interested me. You know, in this in the few small sequences yeah, I, that he felt, had, but it, it felt, felt forced unused, to, misused. Well, he did, but I enjoyed seeing him. I thought his performance was fine, but he wasn't used much. I just go back to again. Overall, the thing I'll take away with this is I just feel disappointed. Yeah. I feel like the, yeah. there the was word. was an opportunity. Yep. With Spike Lee, especially by the way, coming off of Black Klansman, which was his most successful movie in quite a long time. To even well, this, do by the way, this has been gigantically style. successful. On Ac- according to Netflix metrics, yeah. it's one. It is the one of the top five things what, how, over the past. What are the ratings looking like days. on it? It's a great. Think, yeah, people are enjoying it. It's just I, us I, again. Maybe I don't know. I I, <laughs> I really 
am hard pressed. I was reading uh, Roger Ebert's review and it was pretty good. But- 82%. Well, Roger, Roger Ebert is dead. Oh, who's the other one? So it's his website. It might oh, be his so website, cool. though. Um, 82% on Metascore. Medis- Medis- yeah. I don't get it. Maybe I'm missing. Maybe we're the missing user something. Score just- is 5.7. Yeah, which is that's basically like the audience score, right? Yeah. Out of ten, right? versus that's a bad use. Yeah, yeah. So I don't understand I, here's this. My hot take: people have a hard time criticizing movies made by folks like Spike Lee that are telling important stories. It is telling. This is an important story. It's not told well. It's being done by an excellent film creator. Yeah, again, this is not done well. Rotten Tomatoes, ninety-two percent fresh. Critic score, 54 audience score. I disagree with the critics. I agree. I, audience, yes. We hear I you. I just, I I can't, fa- I, I mean, this is literally, we've watched some shit movies. I almost got to the point when there was an 45 minutes left in this movie. Yeah. I, I was going to phone it in and say, I'm just going to find a spoiler, yeah. which explains the plot, because I can't watch this anymore. Yeah. I, and maybe that's again because I'm just I had a I was very excited when we picked to watch this. I love Black Clan, all this stuff. I thought the cast of actors individually are all great. Yep. I don't know where the, it went. The wrong idea here, of but. going to get the, the remains is like in Vietnam is a unique story that needed to be. And told. it's so power. It could have yeah. been so powerful. The gold piece. I mean, David Russell did that with three kings. Like I it's it's so it's cheap. It was yeah, cheap. It's, it's a cheap. It's so um, yeah. It's so confused. Tell the, it's tell just the really confused. relevant. Tell the meaningful story every time over the yeah, cheap one. Yeah. Um. All right. I uh, it it's available on Netflix. Don't watch but it. I, I'm, I, I don't think you can watch, watch it. Watch ev- anything else that Spike Lee has made. Watch any of the I other. Mean, watch any so- other of these actors' films. If you want to watch a heist movie that Spike Lee did, watch Inside Man. It yes. is amazing. If you want to watch. Uh, something on Vietnam that does have representation that does tell intru- watch Ken Burns Vietnam miniseries. Yeah. And, and, and see that. All right. Uh, it's time for game of the week. Okay. I added tea cooler. Oh, it was, it was, it was too much. Katie made a putrid drink. Mm. Well, too much. Never too much tea cooler. It was too much citrus. It was, you should have taken some of that tea cooler. Yeah. Poured in some of that bottle of peach schnapps. Oh, yeah, I, I, didn't left follow, there I didn't follow through on the peach schnapps, promise. <laughs> go through. Uh, okay, la- game of the week. I like follow through. Um, we are hopping into bonus sound effect here the Com Majors Time Machine. Oh, there it is. Look at you with those skills. Sounds like me. We're going back in time. All right, so this movie was a little heavy, so I wanted to go yes, a little was. bit more. I hate your choices here. Fun here. Uh, I did not pick the top tens of any of these. I I, I went some from for some interesting, uh, interesting, excuse me, choices from the year 1968. We picked 1968 because that was the year that the Five Bloods are located and stationed and fighting in Vietnam. Uh, here we go. Movies from 1968. I should say this. The top grossing film of 1968 was Funny Girl mm. with uh, Barbara Streisand, which I don't think anybody was seen. The number two grossing film was 2001 Space Odyssey, which we saw. So I wanted to pick three movies that we probably all have seen or at least heard of. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here we go. Uh, number one, would you be going to see The Graduate? Would you be going to see Herbie the Love Bug, which is a little plug to our friends at Pop Addled who talked about this in one of their episodes. Mm -hmm. And Jim and I were irate because they did not get the car right. Jim was correct. I I would love to see the fact check on that, Keenan and and Tim. Get Castle Uh, back on. And I want I want to see Jim was right where that car car is, what what Herbie was. He's always been a VW bug. The love bug. Bug. What did they say it was? Bug. He, he, their guest. Uh, I forget what he said it was. It was not a bug. Yeah. It's in the title of the movie. Or would you watch the original Planet of the Apes movie? Which movie are you going to see? I'm going to see The Love Bug. I loved that movie when I was little. Um. Ah, oh, this is really tough. I think probably The Graduate because it's, you know, it's the graduate. It's 
Dustin Hoffman yeah. and Pete. It's a great, it's an amazing yeah. film. I want to say uh, 30-year-old Brian Costello would see The Graduate. Mm-hmm. 20-year-old Brian Costello would see Planet of the Apes. But 10-year-old Brian Costello, who wins the day, would go see Herbie the Love Bug, which yeah. I love. All of the Love Bug films are now available. I have a problem with- On you. Disney+. Plus. I have like a Charlton Heston all. problem. Yeah, it, I do. I will without spoiling it because there might actually be some people who have never seen the original Planet of the Apes. The ending of the original Planet of the Apes is kind of an iconic oh, yeah. film yeah. film ending. But Herbie the Love Bug, the Costello kids are ready. We're going to watch the whole series. Oh, nice. Uh, Love Bug, Herbie Goes Bananas, Herbie and Monte Carlo. <laughs> we will be skipping the Lindsay Lohan I was version. wondering. <laughs> we will not be watching it. All right, uh, TV. All right, which of the following TV shows in 1968 are you watching? Are you watching the Andy Griffith show? Are you watching the Carol Burnett show? Or are you watching Mission Impossible? Katie's going TV first. Show? I'm watching Carol Burnett every time. So stinking funny still today so funny agreed Carol Burnett I I uh, kind of hate the I don't hate but I my uh I do not love Andy Griffith or the old Mission Impossibles oh have you watched the old Mission Impossibles I I've I when I was younger I I saw them you know so on whatever I, yes repeat. well of course I would pick the old Mission Impossible but if I had to pick another choice I would pick the Carol Burnett show as well though I will say this we are of an age where I do remember in New York, uh, Channel 11 playing all of these shows mm-hmm. in reruns at oh, yeah. the time. Oh, I, I yeah. legit watched Carol Burnett when I was little. Carol Burnett's, br- I mean, she was yeah. just flat out brilliant. Yep. All right, finally, this is this is a good one, I think. These are three high-end songs from 1960, and there were tons of songs from 1968. Would you be listening to Hey Jude by the Beatles? Sitting on the Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding mm-hmm. or Mrs. Robinson by Simon. I'll and go first. Yeah. I cheat it because my song is in my movie. Oh. So I get to pick another one. Yeah. So if you okay. didn't know, Mrs. Robinson is the song from yeah. The Graduate. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows. Yes. Very Not good. everybody yeah. knows that. Everybody knows that. Um, I'm going. Hey, Jude. I have to go with Hey, Jude, even though Sitting on the Dock of the Bay is an incredible song. Mm. These are all great songs. My choice is Mrs. Robinson. I right. it's, it's so catchy such a catchy song it's very catchy and i'm gonna go if i have to pick i'm gonna pick my favorite song of all time which i think is the best song sitting on the dock of the bay i did not know that was your yeah, favorite, I, song was your favorite song. yeah I think that is the best song it's a very good song ever uh all right we're back in the time machine back to modern times unfortunately Huey lewis was not around in 1968 no but no. Nonetheless. All right, it's time for five you questions. Want you want answers? I want the truth! What makes a man, Mr. Lebowski? What the fuck is the internet? Watch. Why? All right, here we go. Five questions this week. Katie is answering. All right, question number one. Katie, are you thumbs up or thumbs down on Vietnamese food? You had in a Vietnamese-inspired cocktail. Mm -hmm. I'm thumbs up on it. You know, there's all kinds of things that I can eat from Vietnamese cuisine. I was thinking the only, like, country's cuisine that I would say I'm kind of thumbs down on is, like, German food. Oh, really? There's a lot of it's a lot of uh, meats and breads. Mm, can't I do that. Vietnamese, as well. I got lots of options with Vietnamese. So mm. yeah, we're all good people, with Vietnamese. Yeah, the people fish love is probably yeah. yeah. Yeah, people love Vietnamese food. Yeah, uh, most There's people, great I Vietnamese think, restaurant food. in Philly called Vietnam. They oh. make delicious food. I enjoy right, it. I love it. Uh, okay, here question number two. Uh, we have some amazing actors uh, who were not showcased properly in this film. No, they were not from. The HBO show, The Wire. Mm-hmm. But my question for you, Katie, is this. And this is a, a, a tough, difficult question for you or I. Would you rather watch The Wire or Homicide Life on the Street? Okay. I refuse to choose um, one of these as being better. But like right now, like if I was going to restart a series right now, I have watched Homicide twice the whole series the wire i've only watched once so i feel okay. like the wire is due a mm-hmm. rewatch. Mm, um, so good. they are 
in my mind, and I have an emotional attachment to homicide. Mm -hmm. They are equally excellent. It's not true. That is a great conversation. Because I think the homicide suffers a little bit of the lost scenario here. Where the whole like idea of Andre Brower never finishes uh -huh. like in a in a satisfying way uh -huh. like the whole thing with him and uh Bayless and the Araber uh -huh. and like who killed that girl it and I guess that's part of the deal with homicides right like uh -huh. you and that was probably a choice but again it feels unsettled it feels unsettled well, and, but yeah. the wire does the same thing in certain ways where you you're not supposed to feel settled um, but they do such a great job of examining the systems around yeah. why things are unsettled yeah. that you sort of go, oh, mm -hmm. yep, that's the I've only always, way it could end. I, I've almost thought of them always as the same show because Homicide was not allowed to be The Wire by NBC. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the reason he went and did The Wire is because he had stories he wanted to tell from Homicide. Yep. Aileen and I will be starting a Homicide rewatch <gasps> later this month. We're doing the whole, I have this amazing box set has that you see behind. she watched it before, Brian? She has not. <gasps> Brian, I'm a little bit scared. Uh, you should pair it, Brian. Does she like these kinds of shows? Yes. Okay. She likes so true crime. You should, okay. you should uh, when Homicide gets too heavy, you should do like an hour of Homicide. And then do an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine to like <laughs> with Andre Brown. because he is love fucking so amazing yeah. in he Brooklyn is, Nine Nine. People forget how good he was. Uh, all right, here we go. Question three. Fill in the blank. Question. Katie, the group of friends referred to themselves as the Five Bloods uh, in this film. What would you refer to your group of friends as? So we've always referred to each other as the girls. Um, which annoys Super, other like people that we that we just like take a whole gender. <laughs> so, like, but when I'm telling Jim, no, everybody I'll, does that. You're going out like, with the girls, the, gir the girls. Yeah, that's, that's it, right? Um, so I guess if we had to be more specific, we'd be the DE girls, but we're just. The girls. That's well, where we, we had to, in college. Like, through the years, you had to like cut back on that because originally DE was Dennis Edwards, a yep. dorm, and yep. you all were that. Yep. Yep. Then not everybody was that. Yep. And then you got to the point where nobody would have a clue what that even meant. Yeah. So why have that? Anyway? The girls. Yeah. That's it. That's who we are. Yeah. That's and why some... me and Brian just choose to have each other and no other friends. <laughs> yes. That's why nobody else likes We just us. say I'm going with Brian. Yeah. <laughs> really, it makes it streamlines. You should think about that. It streamlines yeah. everything. Oh, for you. We All simplify right. our lives in every so, possible so way. Much, so much easier that way. Uh, okay. Favorite question. Katie, what's the favorite country you visited? Uh, Italy. Yeah. It, Italy. I, it I feels go... like the chalk answer, like the, but... It I, feels like so, it, you know, trite to say, but no, it's, well, I haven't. It's, I'll, I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't been to that many countries. I four or five. So, you know, of the ones yeah. I can choose from, it's Italy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Uh, finally, our deep thoughts question. Katie, if you had to pick four people to go on a treasure hunt with, mm. who would they be? I know I probably should have thought this through and picked like famous people, but. I would rather do it with my friends. So it's the two of you and then our good friends, Aaron and Patrick. And I think uh, we might not find the treasure, but we would have a heck of a lot of fun. I'll tell you Actually, what, we would we, find the only treasure. two of us are walking out of that forest <laughs> and most likely it's me at, with your body. Are, <laughs> wait, so wait, in this metaphor, are you Otis? I'm Paul, I, but I win. <laughs> I'm Paul, but I win the day. Like, but you got bit by the snake, so I'm pretty to, sure to, you're done. To be clear, I never would have gone into the what jungle. What the fuck was that? Was by so the way, random. getting bit by the snake. I, it was. I, there's no point did to that it, right? To it, him it, dying? No, maybe. It didn't. I don't hallucinating. No. Was that the hallucination piece? Oh I don't know. lord, who knows? Um, all right, so that is five questions. Um, all right, so next week we Thanks have a film. Me. A film. I know. I'm excited. I was picked as well. Uh, next week, we have a film that was huge when we were probably teenagers, right? Is that true? Harris, Harrison Ford. Mm -hmm. Is it from that time? Really? Yeah. No, I thought early it was much older. No, no, no. Early 90s. Harrison Ford, hmm. Tommy Lee Jones. We're going to be discussing The Fugitive. Richard. Mm -hmm. 
which Don't is make me amazing, shoot you. available on HBO Max. If you have HBO Max, uh, go ahead, Jim. I, I, I accidentally closed it. I was going to say, uh, in lieu of watching the five bloods, don't watch that. Go right now and watch the trailer for Dune that Whoa, came out yesterday. So, so wild, amazingly good. Stop. What? You're being, you're, you watch the trailer? Did you watch it? I made yes. her watch it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not being sarcastic. Okay, okay. Number I one, tell. I love Timothy Chalamet. Uh -huh. First of all, mm. number two, the visuals in that trailer are bananas. <laughs> That's true. Number three, as all good sci-fi films should do, I felt uncomfortable through the whole thing. <laughs> the nose thing that's going on there, the pain oh, yeah. in the box, like uncomfortable. Everything was uncomfortable. Pain is it's, the fears the mind. It's probably going to be an amazing movie. Yeah. Do you know who plays the worm? Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> what? Andy Serkis. Florence Pugh. Ooh, what we love <laughs> i completely made that up oh Katie. brian <laughs> like did you think the I worm was, was her in, in a mocap suit she was just like <laughs> <laughs> i was like i don't even know what the worm is i thought it was a person oh god uh okay like share subscribe review uh make sure this is a film that people love you watch the fugitive before you join us next week all right don't make bye, me shoot everybody. you bye, bye. <laughs>